KUT's AT Explained is back with a brand new season. Our first episode, what's up with that tower in Clarksville? I've heard it called the Clarksville Eiffel Tower, the tower, the leaning tower of Clarksville, all those names. Subscribe to AT Explained wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget our next AT Explained live show at the Paramount Theater on April 3rd. Brand new stories told live on stage. Get your tickets at austintheater.org. Support for AT Explained Live comes from Meals on Wheels Central Texas and World Interiors. From KUT and KUTX Studios. This is KUT. In the Chestnut neighborhood of East Austin, a battle over a proposed condo development has led some residents to rediscover a piece of African-American history. As part of our On My Block project, KUT's Saida Hassan has the story of the old Emancipation Park. Our story begins at a dead end near 13th Street and Walnut Avenue. This is where I met Leslie Padilla. She's lived in the Chestnut neighborhood for about three years. We had passed the street to a makeshift dirt path. It leads us to an overgrown field of grass. This is it, all the way to the railroad. The railroad's just down there. You wouldn't know from looking, but we're standing on a piece of Austin's African-American history. About a century ago, this land was home to the city's annual Juneteenth celebration. The holiday marks the end of slavery in Texas. Leslie Padilla learned about the site's history because of a new development that's now proposed to go up here. This is part of what's called the transit-oriented development. More on that later, but first let's explore how we got to where we are today. In 1863, President Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation, ending slavery throughout the nation. But Confederate states didn't honor the Union order. On June 19, 1865, Union General Gordon Granger arrived in Galveston and announced a proclamation that officially ended slavery in Texas. Word gradually spread to the estimated 250,000 slaves throughout the state. And the next year, June 19th, was marked with celebrations and political rallies. Austin's earliest Juneteenth celebrations were held at Wheeler's Grove, what's now called Eastwoods Park near the UT campus. But some decades later, a man named Thomas J. White thought to hold Juneteenth on land that was owned by African-American residents themselves. White founded the Emancipation Park Association in 1905. Two years later, they completed the purchase of a five-acre tract near Rosewood Avenue and Chacon Street. You have to remember Thomas J. White in the Emancipation Association were all formerly enslaved. That's LaToya Devizen. She's the African-American community archivist with the Austin History Center. So to be able to have this site of historical significance for you that you were able to purchase and own as a person who was previously owned by someone else was especially significant for them. And um, that was one of the reasons why he was such a proponent of owning a piece of land. But that ownership didn't last long. About 30 years after the purchase of Emancipation Park, the city of Austin seized the land through eminent domain. It would later house Rosewood Courts, the city's public housing project, which at the time was specifically for African Americans. Devison says the move was met with much resistance from residents who wanted to continue celebrating Juneteenth there. Sense of place and trying to find a sense of home in Austin and in Travis County um, has always been such a struggle for African Americans here because it seems like once you put down roots, you have to move. 
In fact, the site of Emancipation Park has been relocated several times throughout history. When I met with Devison to learn about the field near Leslie Padilla's house, it took about 30 minutes of shuffling through historical documents before we realized we were talking about two different Emancipation Parks. So we did see the 12th Street location, which the community is fighting to preserve. They, we did have um, sites of celebration there as well after, it was, but it was in between the Rosewood Courts building and moving of the official Emancipation Park. Okay, so let's walk through those steps one more time. After the 1865 proclamation ending slavery in Texas, Austin's early celebrations sprung up at Wheeler's Grove. In 1907, they moved to the East Austin property purchased by Thomas White and the Emancipation Park Association. Eventually, that entire property was seized by the city, and Rosewood Court was built on part of it. Some areas remained vacant, including the tract of land near Leslie Padilla's house. Austin's annual June celebration moved to Rosewood Park, where it's still held today. Most Texans should feel like it's their history. Ariane Corcoran grew up on the east side, and she recently bought a home in the Chestnut neighborhood. Corcoran has been working with Leslie Padilla on negotiating with developers. To her, the confusion around the park's location speaks to a lack of recognition of Austin's African-American history. I am also black, so it is my personal legacy, I feel like, and my family. Um, And I think it's just really sad when we get so far away from certain populations, meaningful sites. And we have a really easy time preserving other ones. And that brings us back to the current debate surrounding this plot of land. The parcel falls into the city's transit-oriented development plan for Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. That means it should ideally allow for easy access to the nearby Capital Metro rail line. Five years ago, neighbors struck a deal with a developer looking to build on the property. They asked that the new construction include a pedestrian walkway, a memorial to Emancipation Park, and 40% affordable housing. But then the property was sold. Neighbors don't have a guarantee that the new owner, who wants to put up a five-story condo building, will honor those considerations. Here's Leslie Padilla again. We're in a position of just having to accept that this is all going forward, right? There's really still no consideration that perhaps the property shouldn't be turned into luxury condos at all. (laughs) The property owner, Shravan Parsi, didn't reply to interview requests, but a representative outlined his development plans at a recent meeting of the city's planning commission. Parsi doesn't plan to include a walkway to the rail line, but he's offered to build a memorial and 20% affordable housing. But that's only if the commission loosens a rule that would allow him to proceed with his plans. When the planning commission takes up the case, it'll be the only chance neighbors have to testify on the future of the site. I would love it if more people who do remember using the park actually could have a a say in what happens to it. That that hasn't happened at all. Well, we did hear from one. Scotty Ivory is 86 years old. She's a former activist, and she's lived in Chestnut for about 60 years. Ivory grew up attending Juneteenth celebrations at the former Emancipation Park site nearby. I've been very, very angry because... They, our neighborhood is completely changed. Everybody got history except us. Ivory says if this site is going to be redeveloped, she'd like to see it offer some sort of benefit to neighbors, like better access to public transit. She hopes at the very least to get a monument to the old Emancipation Park. The next time the case will be taken up is February 14th at the Planning Commission. Saida Hassan, KUT News.